Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and you're on with Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for November eight, November twentieth, two thousand eighteen. Today's topic is workforce management: new insights from a seasoned veteran. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do so: email me at calltalk@benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to be listened to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And now I would like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Now, we all know that managing the workforce is key to success in the contact center sector, both for reasons of financial efficiency and for reasons of quality and effectiveness. And it also makes the lives of managers much more pleasant when it's done well. And that's why we wanted to talk more about workforce management and the changing contact center. So we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Rick Seeley, Senior Manager of Workforce Management for Concentrics. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thanks, Bruce. Glad to be here. It's uh, always a pleasure. Okay, great. Well, just uh, for our audience, uh, Rick Seeley is currently the Senior Manager of Workforce Management for Concentrics. Uh, He's been in the call center industry for over 28 years, with 27 of them in workforce management at all levels, so a ton of experience here. Uh, Currently, he's responsible for planning, forecasting, and scheduling some 7,000 agents worldwide. Uh, Rick also has a lot of industry accolades. He's a frequent speaker on workforce management, and in fact, I met Rick when he spoke at the Interactions Conference last spring. He's the chairperson for the NICE In Contact user group for Dallas-Fort Worth. He's a past advisory board member of the Society of Workforce Planning Professionals. And on the personal side, Rick has 25 years as high school sports official in Texas, and he also plays drums in a band all over the country. And uh, he's married, his bio says, this time for 35 years. Uh, three children, one stepchild, six grandchildren. So Rick has had some heavy workforce management scheduling challenges on the home front as well. So we're just delighted to have you. And, and Rick, you know, the first thing I just have to ask you, 7,000 people is a ton of workforce management planning, forecasting, and scheduling. How do you do it? Well, you know, a lot of it is um... – the fact that I've got a great team, and I think that's that's paramount that for every workforce manager out there, you've got to have a team that you can uh, trust, you can develop, you can teach to get everything uh, rolling the same way and everybody uh, reading the same sheet of music, if you will, for a, for a cliché. Um, I've got I've got a, a great team uh, of 11 people that work on these 7,000 person schedules we do capacity planning we do the actual forecast and of course being a uh, being an outsourcer as concentrics is we also have the the i guess the challenge of working for two masters if you will you have our clients because we're an outsourcer to them but you also have our internal you know processes and things that have to be adhered to so consequently we end up with you know serving two masters but 
the big deal is to make sure that our clients that come to us for assistance all are served. And uh, my team is really, really good with what we do. And we do from the capacity planning side, scheduling classes, scheduling hirings, tracking the attrition and shrinkage, all those routine things that a workforce manager does. We just do it on a bigger scale. And, again, I'll just reiterate that since I'm part of Concentrics, I'm just a small piece of several workforce management teams like that across the, around the world, basically. But, yeah, hmm. we, we do it, and we use a lot of automation. Okay. Yeah, and I imagine that some of the people on your team are specialized, too. I mean, when it comes to uh, the forecasting side, the scheduling side, uh, the, the planning side, or do you have people who are specialized, or, or is everybody sort of doing all of those things? Well, most of uh, most of my separation comes from the capacity planning piece and the the, the long-range planning and the hiring and the requisitions and that type of thing. That's mm-hmm. kind of specialized. Uh, everybody else is, you know, they start out as a scheduler because that's the easy part. The forecasting piece gets a little more intricate, uh, but I develop all of them with the end goal that you are a you are a universal uh, workforce management person. That's that's the end goal, so that you can do the you can do the forecasting, you can do the scheduling, you can adjust the forecast, you can uh, you know make the schedule adjustments that are needed week to week, day to day, um, and then of course all the reporting that goes along with it. But the the main the main topic is to get those guys in to learn the scheduling piece, and then branch them out, develop them, so that you have a full team that can have, you know, backup capabilities, you know, because you never know who's going to go get hit by a bus, and then tomorrow, you know, you, you're short a person. <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's yeah. always good to have have everybody trained across the, the board so that, you know, workforce never lets up. Okay, so that's interesting because I've uh, talked to different people, and some of them seem to be a little bit more siloed in the sense that, you know, for the different areas, uh, they have specializations, and uh, those are the people who do that thing. And yours uh, idea is more uh, to have everybody cross-train so that they can do it. I, I think your approach is, uh, in terms of training, is definitely uh, the best. It could be that in some cases people want accountability on specific silos for specific people, um, and and that could be something that managerially could be uh, an appropriate thing to do. But in terms of training and having sort of your mind opened up to what everybody is doing, uh, your approach makes sure that everybody's mind is opened up. What, what are your thoughts on that and also what I just said about accountability? Well, you know, the, the accountability still exists. If you If you have a client and you have certain sites that you're assigned to, you are soup to nuts uh, responsible for that, so they're accountable for that, and and our operations groups all know those particular people, you know. So if you're in Site A in New York and you're in Site B in California, uh, there's somebody that's assigned as the responsible person for that site. So the accountability's still there. They, you don't get relieved of that. You just get to be more accountable from the forecasting and the scheduling side than just one part or the other. Uh, what right. we do with what we do with the training, I think I think that's what's key. That's different with what I do versus what other people or companies, even within Concentrics, do. 
is uh, I have I have uh, training sessions with my team, and I will pick someone and I will give them a small topic because you know just like anywhere else. Everybody has, uh, you know, churn. They have the attrition, or they have the people getting moved to a different job, or that type of thing. So this this workforce team is not solid forever. So you know, you end up with you end up with uh, having to retrain someone or extra train someone. So what I do is I have I have as just an an, an option uh, is I will assign specific topics to people to review with my team. So we'll have a we'll have a monthly team led training session where someone will come in and they will I say come in one of my team members will come into a meeting and we'll give them a topic that they have to cover and they have to cover it completely to my satisfaction and to the managers beneath me you know and then all the uh, the actual scheduler forecasting team itself so that they understand and they they sort of become a SME on that topic at that time, a, a subject matter expert for those that don't follow my my uh, uh, analogy there. It's, it, SME is a subject matter expert. So, But they will, you know, depending on what we're talking about, whether it's uh, uh, scheduling, whether it's reporting, whether it's uh, some type of, uh, nuance that we want within the system to start doing, and, and and I say system, I'm talking about a workforce management system. So you know, uh, we 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 self train, self motivate, try to get these guys to to be the full complement of a scheduler, forecaster, scheduler within our group. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that's great. And so as you look at it, and I'll tell you myself, uh, the forecasting part is the part that always uh, I find daunting and I've you know taught workforce management and that sort of thing but just to do that really well and consistently well is, is obviously a, a big deal so and, and at the end of the day uh, scheduling uh, everything else will you know uh, depend on that so whoever's responsible for that has a big uh, chunk of responsibility on their shoulders but you know what, what do you see as the biggest challenges today for contact centers in this regard? Well, I think I think number one, uh, there's, and of course, like, like where we met, Bruce, uh, you know, at the interactions, I, I go to these conferences and I find people are still doing things the way I did them back in 1989. <laughs> you know, the, the magical <laughs> Excel spreadsheet or, you know, some some homemade forecasting tool that they built and you know i know a lot of your listeners have all gotten some type of workforce management program uh the the larger organizations it's almost a requirement nowadays to just keep up but i think i think uh being able to do the forecasts based on your um your regression your historicals your all of those all those factors that people look at you know, I think that it's essential that you you get it to within a goal target goal of plus or minus five percent. You know, forecast mm-hmm. what your actuals come in. I think that's a, a legitimate goal. I used to work for another company that had a within you know had a um, in-house workforce management team. It was not a outsourcer like we are uh, at Concentrics, but. Um, uh, our forecasting ended up getting down to where it was plus or minus three percent, and we, it was consistent month over month, week over week. 
and uh, we had uh, wow. great great targets to hit, but we we improved on those. So it's it's all about it's all about knowing your history, knowing where you're going, understanding all of the things that factor into this. It's not just straight, you know, you had 100 calls, 100 calls, 100 calls, that averages out to 100 calls. So, you know, that's your next forecast. No, you've got to understand marketing. You've got to understand uh, what what weather, what holidays affect your staffing, what's your shrinkage, your, you know, all those things that happen in, a call, in, in any environment, in any business. You know, you just have to be better and you have to keep moving forward with all of your uh, trends and history and and everything to get to that ultimate product and like I say my goal when on the on the accounts and I'll, I'll clarify this in just a second uh, but on all of my accounts my target is five plus or minus minus five percent so you know if you can get within that you're going to be pretty close now I have some accounts since I am an outsourcer that our client uh, actually does the forecast. It's, here's your forecast. This is what you're going to get. Well, then we have to go validate that against what reality is, and then we end up going back to our clients as an outsourcer going, you know, you said we were going to get 10000 a day, but we're only getting 6000 and now that's costing us money, so you need to, you know, we need to get work together to to get, improve that forecast you're giving us. So, you know, it becomes then a bartering position, and what what has happened with a few of my clients is we have actually taken over their forecasting because we do it better than they do. So, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just about being accurate, you know. Yeah, yeah. well, and wow, uh, 3% plus or minus on a consistent basis. Uh, that is uh, super best practices. That is great. Um, and just for those, because we, we have listeners, uh, Rick, that go all the way from very large to uh, quite small. So some of the people who are listening are probably still uh, spreadsheeting, but they're growing to the point where they need to uh, get the automated, you know, they need to get the, uh, the, the, the spreadsheets. I'm sorry, they need to get the software. Uh, right. You know, oftentimes, People will say that's somewhere between 50 and 100 uh, seats, depending on how many shifts you've got, how complex it is. You know, do you have at-home agents? All kinds of things sort of uh, enter into the mix here as to when you have to go from the spreadsheets for your 20-seat uh, center to, to something more, uh, more sophisticated. But in terms of the plus or minus, um, you know, 5%, do you find that for your clients that are smaller, can you still do that, or is it uh, is it tough to do it for smaller clients? It is very tough. Uh, the smaller the client, the harder it gets, because as you know, percentage numbers, you know, are more affected when you're when you're talking about small numbers. You know, fifty percent of a hundred versus fifty percent of ten. You know, that's that's a huge variance in your in your forecast. It's a huge variance in your scheduling. So you know that 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 whole thing is yeah you're absolutely spot on with that comment Bruce the mm -hmm. the 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 larger groups yeah you can afford a three or five or a seven percent variance and still cover everything mm -hmm. when you get down when you get down to those little units you know five trying to get it five percent may be impossible some you know especially especially if you've got like a twenty four seven operation and you've got 
50 people or 60 people total, you're going to have zero spots where you get calls or, or interactions, and you're going to get zero. And it's hard to, to manage that because that zero may appear at 3 in the morning or it may appear at 7 in the morning, so you don't know. So you got you got a lot of you got a lot of studying to do with the smaller groups. They have a little bit more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, uh, you know, we, we uh, in fact, I have an online um, on-demand course on uh, workforce management uh, that uh, deals with a lot of these issues, and they're really they're fun. I mean, in the sense that they are can stretch you mentally and uh, bring you to places where a lot of people haven't been before in terms of reaching best practices. So that's a really good thing about it. But it is it is a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you know. If we think about the challenges of what lies in back of all this, because I know you've thought a lot about people, right, and hiring and retention and work-life balance, things like that. Uh, What do you see as the biggest challenges from that side of things? Well, I think me personally, my my biggest challenges that come from from that is – that work-life balance, I'll start there, that work-life balance is how flexible are you, how flexible can you be? Do you have automation set up to where if someone needs to make changes? I mean, I still I still find companies that are managing their vacation in a way of, you know, okay, we're going to line everybody up and you're going to tell me what you want and then we're going to go put it in a spreadsheet. And you know, and I'm going, why do you do that? when you, If you've got, if you're a major company, you've got some software that's going to help you do that. You're, you can get add-on software for certain things. You need to manage that work-life balance for the agents as well. That's one of the big, I guess you want to say, one of the big buzzwords these days in, in that I mean, I come from the, <laughs> after 28 years. I, I come from the old school. You know, you want a job? Come on. But uh, you do have to <laughs> consider. You, you know, you do have to consider that because it is it is a, a different world out there. And mm-hmm. whether whether it's coming from the hiring perspective, or you know, how do you tell them that well we can accommodate certain things or we can't accommodate them. And if you do accommodate them, how do you do it? And again, it goes back to to me. It's it's about automation and having the right tools that'll let you let you let you allow the agent population to be more flexible from you know auto approving and auto denying requests. You know that takes a lot of work. I mean, as as you said earlier, seven thousand agents is hard to manage. That's why I use automation. Uh, I've got I've got uh, setups that allow agents to log in and from home and ask for schedule changes. So it's a great thing, and it's all processed based on the parameters that I and my team set up for these different groups. So uh, that that becomes that becomes huge. Right, and, and in terms of that, uh, being able to log on, ask for schedule changes, et cetera, uh, th- you know, that gets into the area of uh, shift swapping and that sort of thing, right, where exactly. you're uh, giving exactly. people more flexibility. Some people may need some time for uh, going to the, uh, you know, student 
the, the parent-teacher conference or something like that, whereas another person wants to have more overtime uh, right. or wants right. to have a different thing, and, and you can uh, sort of work with that, right? Can you can you tell us some stories about that, some situations that uh, uh, have have worked, some tips there? Well, uh, some of the stuff that we've got going on is, is of course, we, we use schedule preferencing for our schedules, and w- when people are able to preference, and if they're able to put those preferences, and this is, starts with the schedule. I'm going to start there first, then I'll go to real time. But, but when they're scheduling, uh, they can use preferences for their schedules, and, you know, if they're in our in our flexibility mode we can we can allow them to put in their preferences so if 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 mrs jones has to go to bobby's play on wednesday but that's not her day off that's not her work day and she don't want to use her pto her vacation time you know she can go in there two weeks prior to generation and she can put in her preferences to have i want wednesday off this week okay so they can put their preferences in, then the system will generate schedules. And most people don't ask for Wednesday off, so guess what? That, that'll, it'll almost generate to her need for one week, mm-hmm. and then she can change it back. She can change her preferences back. So that she can actually generate a schedule that fits her need without using her vacation time. Uh, another thing we do is you know, we, have, we have a window to offer uh, vacation time. Uh, they can ask for vacation far in advance, which I always tell them the the further in advance, the better it's going to be for you. Because right now, nobody's planned to be off. We allow a certain percentage to be off from each group. And if she gets her dibs in, that's what I call it, you know, if she gets her request in to be off on that day and it gets approved, she's off that day for vacation time. And it's all in advance. Uh, a lot, I'm finding a lot of people out there in the world are still doing it after schedules are produced. Well, this is even before schedules are produced. I want to have Wednesday off that week because I got to go go to Bobby's little school play. You know, that kind of thing. So they can do that. That's another option. Then as we get forward, there's schedule swaps with 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 age, other agents. You know, they can, you know, I'll work your day, you work my day and or my hours or they can swap days off, they can swap hours, whatever the case may be for that one particular day of course the day they're trading with you know it could be so so they have a lot of options there you know with uh swaps so i've had i've had people you know come up to me well how come i can't get vacation next week i said when did you ask for it said i'll ask for it today well wait a minute today's tuesday and you asked for thursday well now we've had everything (laughs) everybody else has been approved and you're a little late You know, and, yeah. and I and a true story. A lady asked me one time. She said, "How come I couldn't get the day off?" I said, "Because everybody else has filled up the allocation." She said, "Well, well, how am I supposed to get a day off? I have to be off because that's my son Bobby's birthday." I said, "Really? Mm. Well, how far in advance did you know that?" She said, "Well, I, boy, <laughs> he's he's well, he's 22 years old, and I'm going okay. Well, so for 22 years, you knew that that was going to be his birthday." And even for the last six months, when you could have asked for the time off in advance and almost, without fail, be guaranteed that day off, you waited till the last minute to ask for it. So it goes back to educating the people so that they understand that they can get this stuff if they just plan it a little better, just a little better. It doesn't even have to be that much of a change. 
you know, just get it out there a little earlier. And but then she didn't. Un- she you know, said, "Well, I have to be off for my son's birthday." Well, he's twenty-two years old. <laughs> you knew when you needed off, at least twenty-two <laughs> years ago. So exactly, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that's right. So the flexibility is great. There still has to be responsibility and accountability that goes with all this, and that means that you have to understand how it all works. And actually, one other thing with the swaps is you have to make sure that you're swapping, and obviously the system will do this, uh, with somebody who has equal training because you can't swap with somebody who's in a different area and doesn't know anything about what you're going to do, right? Right, correct. It's all skills-based. It's all skills-based, and then it's just the way I've got my system set up, it's a body-for-body swap. As long as the skills match, so I'm good, I'm golden, yeah, yeah. and they are too because they're a lot happier with the being able to to swap or trade, and um, and just recently I just instituted a, a an, an ability to, to trade with yourself if the need is there, so the, they would be able to, for example, we'll go back to Bobby and Mrs. Jones. Uh, she needs to be off Wednesday to go to Bobby's event, and. Uh, if I'm if I'm overstaffed on Wednesday morning, if she wants to tack it onto the end, she can actually request to be off from say nine to noon, and then come back and work to make that hours up from five to eight. She would normally work nine to five, but in this case, she's going to work ten to eight because she gotcha. wanted those extra hours off. So you know, again. Automation is my is my big driver here because to do all this stuff like that manually is really too cumbersome, uh, at least for a team my size and and uh, as many people as we've got involved. So we we highly recommend uh, automation for all kinds of uh, personal requests. Now, do you find that in some areas that um, it's actually a good idea for you to overstaff, in other words, to uh, have the forecast, then add a little bit on, uh, schedule for that, but then, um, you know, offer people uh, unpaid time off because there's a big demand for that sort of thing and that you can be fairly, um, fairly sure that if, you know, the word goes out, you know, uh, that there's overstaffing, you can have some unpaid time off, that people will take it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that that happens all the time. Remember, we make our best plan. We lay out the plan. That's what we expect. If that don't happen, how do you respond to it? And your example is what you're, what, what you're talking about is the exact example of that situation because we expected 10,000 calls. We got 6,000 calls today so far, and we should have already had 10,000. Well, we can we can voluntarily go home or unpaid time off or whatever the case may be, and somebody may want to you know take off and and leave early for the day. Or possibly, if the trend is there, you could do it for tomorrow. You can always look at that and say, well, we know the volume's not coming in; it's coming in you know 30 percent less or 20 percent less. You can react and then you can adjust those requests which, by the way, another automated process that we have in place so that they can request this time off. Um, then we have it at a certain thresholds. It still goes to a holding tank. So if what we have revised as the anticipation volume still don't come in, then the sites still have that 
expressed uh, uh, capability to let more people go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you yeah, know, it, you it, know. It, 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 it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it'd be fascinating to have your perspective too to see things from around the world and how different people in different places, uh, you know, react or, uh, you know, uh, you know, have an affinity to certain. Uh, techniques that can be used here, and also generational things. You know, for instance, are the millennials and the Gen Zs more apt to take you up on uh, the unpaid time off to have flexibility in their lives? Uh, those would all be very interesting things to to, to hear about. Well, you know, and, and everybody, <laughs> like I say, the big, the big buzzword right now is work-life balance, but uh, other people use that same term as. Oh my gosh, the millennials are killing me. But you know, they <laughs> they they really are um easier to to manage with the the processes that we have uh just because they they like the flexibility. They like to be able to go into that app or they go into the system from external from the work environment and go into that system and request time off, request changes, request swaps, whatever they're doing. And yep. it, it's just it's just handy, and they're used to it. I mean, we're talking about, and I'll say kids because I'm an old man, but but kids uh, that have been with iPhones twenty of their or nineteen of their twenty years of life, you know, they understand <laughs> all of that, and a lot yeah. better than I do. And they, oh yeah, this is cool. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Now, with that unpaid time off. There have been some life lessons learned. So I always yeah. caution people when they're doing that unpaid time off type thing. Um, even though they can do it, it's great. And then I, I have an example uh, of a, a lady when I was at, at a different company, not with Concentrics, but uh, she made the comment. She came in to me and she says, why is my paycheck like less than half? And, and I looked at her, I, I don't do payroll. I don't know. Well, it's saying I only had this many hours, and I, you know, I pulled up her schedule in, in in our system, and I said, well, yeah, you had, you know, for for the forty hours of work last week you were scheduled for, you had twenty five hours of unpaid time off because you requested <laughs> it, and they go, oh, <laughs> my husband's gonna kill me when I get home. That's what she said. So, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Everybody has to understand that you know there's a there's a a cause and effect here. You know, if you take all that unpaid time off, and it's nice that you're able to do that, but yeah. eventually it's going to catch up with your paycheck. So they got to understand yeah. that. Yeah. So that, that's a good thing to give a heads up on because, of course, uh, surprises for management are terrible. Surprises for uh, uh, employees are, are bad things too. So you know, giving them a warning ahead of time is a good managerial practice. So thanks for sharing that. That's a good yeah. idea. Um, you know, the, the half hour has pretty much flown by. Uh, maybe we can get one question in here from uh, that Alan's got from a, a listener um, on automation, perhaps. Alan, what uh, what do you have for us there? Yes, we have one question in from Tristan. He says, "How is automation going to change the things you are doing?" It's it's really not going to change it. It's going to enhance it. 
Uh, all of the things that we do manually, and a lot of the call centers around the world are still doing manual processes day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month to adjust schedules, to do things like that. When you start sitting down and doing a time study on automation, cutting back the amount of time you're spending on whatever function, whether it's the forecasting function, whether it's actual schedules, it's schedule adjustments, uh, uh, tracking your shrink and attrition numbers. If you've got automation setting those up for you so that you can, you can handle all that in a system and you don't have to go manually touch every schedule, every request, every person, the time savings just for you and your team is really going to uh, really have a huge impact. I mean, when you think of 7,000 people, and I think back – 25 years ago what we were doing uh it was a ton of work it was a ton of work and we're talking about a single scheduler could stay busy eight hours a day all day long yeah well think of the salary that that single scheduler costs the company and they could do 10 times as much with automation yeah Uh, i mean we see situations where uh the workforce management team has gotten beyond reason, and it's because they're still doing things manually. And, um, you know, you you need to accept the fact that it'd be a lot less expensive to have, um, you know, workforce management software doing this. It would be more accurate at the end of the day. And, um, you know, you could redeploy uh, some of these uh, these people elsewhere uh, because that's that's the reality of it. You won't need as many people doing it uh, once you've got the software working for you. So. Or I'll, I'll go the other side of that argument and just say that okay. you'll have more time to analyze what you have put out. So that's instead a good of point, instead of rede- instead of redeploying that person somewhere else, I can actually take that person and have them truly analyze what's going on, get dig deeper right. into the analyzation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and in fact, in the in the course, we talk about the gathering phase, the forecasting phase, the scheduling phase, the uh, optimization phase on the day of, and then afterwards, the analy- analyze phase, which you uh, are talking about, and which is so important to getting better and better as you go forward. So Absolutely. Well, listen, Absolutely. This, this, this has been great. Um, any final words before we, uh, we close the show? Because this has been great, uh, Rick. No, I, I don't really have anything uh, else. I just I just think that everyone should try to develop their teams, uh, and and my goal is always to develop my team to be smarter than I am. So, <laughs> you know, if I if I get them all above above my level of understanding, you know, I've done my job, and uh, yeah. I think I think that's the big thing. And you know, get as much automation going as you can to save time on on mundane tasks like vacation requests, uh, schedule changes, schedule swaps, take all of that take all of that manual process away from the guys that really need to go and analyze and and look at and trend all the things going on within your within your contact center. Fabulous. Okay, Rick Seely, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners in the United States. And I'll turn things back over to Alan to wrap things up. Thanks again to Rick Seeley and Bruce Belfiore for your great discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month 
for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over nine seasons of this show. From all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockhotter signing out. Have a great day.